1: Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you ideas for making your life happier and your habits better. This week, we're going to have a try this at home up We've got a guest, AJ Jacobs, who's going to be coming by to give us a whole bunch of try this at home tips. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. I've tried to push happiness and good habits on a lot of people, and Elizabeth has been the most game.
0: That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and I'm happy most of the time to be Gretchen's number one happiness guinea pig. (laughs) Gretch, before we talk to AJ, uh, I have an update about our try this at home tip of joining or starting a group. That was in episode 21. We've heard from a lot of people who have started groups and they're great groups. We've got one person started a knitting group called the first Wednesday knitting group that uh, she actually holds at a library, a local library. Somebody said they have a book club where two of the members ended up getting married. Uh, I guess they met over a Virginia Woolf book. Someone started a birthday club. I don't know what that is. Do you know?
1: No. What's a birthday club? I saw that too. Interesting. Write in and tell us what a birthday club is.
0: Uh, And then Gretchen, one person wrote in that they started a book group and their first book was The Happiness Project, one of your big books. And that every month they then read a book that corresponded with a chapter of your book. So that's a big compliment.
1: That was so cool. And, you know, I thought something interesting that somebody pointed out in the way she set up her groups is that she creates groups that have shelf lives. Um, And so instead of meeting indefinitely, people sign up to do one for like nine months or something. And she said she thought people were less likely to uh, not go because they they knew it was a limited time. And then it made it easy for people to to stop doing it if they wanted to, or they could split off and keep doing it if they wanted. I thought that was a good idea.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a great tip.
1: Yeah. So a lot of people requested the starter kit for how to start a group, uh, like a habits group or a happiness project group. So again, you can download that on my site if you want, uh, at GretchenRubin.com under resources, um, or you can just email us at podcast at com. And now we're going to talk to AJ, who is a brilliant, hilarious writer. He's an editor-at-large for Esquire magazine. He's spoken at TED. He's written four excellent books, all New York Times bestsellers. Like me, AJ really likes to do a project on himself. And today we're going to hear about his highlight reel of tried this at home tips of things that he tried.
0: All right, let's get to it. So, AJ, three of your books—the Know It All, Drop Dead Healthy, and The Year of Living Biblica- Biblically—form.
2: It's a <laughs> it's tough one. To I, say I that. trip over it all the time myself.
0: <laughs> um, form a sort of trilogy about you trying to perfect yourself, mind, body, and spirit. They're all incredibly funny, and they're also a mixture of research and facts and things you tried yourself in your quest for perfection. Everything from not wearing mixed fibers, which is actually a rule in the Bible, apparently. Very
2: important, yes.
0: uh, To working out like a caveman. Right. So given that, you know, one of our favorite segments is Try This at Home, we'd love to just use you to give us a whole bunch of Try This at Home, things you've learned from your quest for perfection that you think our listeners can— uh put to use.
2: I would love it. I'm mean, that's my I love trying things at home. I'm in favor of it. I think everyone should try things at home and outside the home.
0: All
1: over. I mean one of your one of your books is called The Guinea Pig Diaries. My life is an experiment. So you're just like one gigantic petri dish of tried this at home. So lay it on us.
2: All right. Well, I have a few ideas of things people could try at home. Let me start with uh Oh, how about standing up straight for a week, just really having stupendous posture for a week. And I
1: mean, I don't think I could do that for half an hour. How did, <laughs> how, did, how, did you, how did you do that? Did you do the Victorian thing where they like strap a board to your back?
2: No, but that's a good idea. <laughs> Mine came about in a very roundabout manner. I was doing a an article about the founding fathers. Oh. And George Washington, you might know this, George Washington, when he was a young man, wrote a list of 110 yes. rules yes. of life. Some of them are, are wonderful and wise, like uh, don't gloat when you're yes. victorious or, or respect your elder. Some are very unexpected. The number two rule, by the way, on George Washington's list, number two is do not adjust your private parts in public, <laughs> which is, I mean, it's a solid rule. I have no yeah. problem with that rule. It just <laughs> seemed a little bit odd that that was number two. What I is,
1: isn't there something in there about spitting, too? Like Yeah, no
2: spitting. And some of them are very much about the body because George Washington was known for having the best posture of his day. It was oh. almost a parody of good posture, like the chest way out and the shoulders oh. way back. And I thought, OK, let me try this, because I have terrible posture normally. I, I look like uh, hominid number three <laughs> on the evolution chart. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. But uh, I thought, OK, let me try this. And so I did. I stuck my chest out and shoulders back and made a conscious decision to do it. And it was remarkable because... It, the, I'm, s- I'm sitting up straight yeah, right now. now just yeah, what to- are the benefits? Well, it just made me feel different. It yeah. changed my mind. Confident. I was more confident. I was more decisive. When I told my kids to stop licking the placements, <laughs> they actually listened to me. Uh, and, and it was fascinating. And it turns out, as you might know, George Washington was 250 years ahead of his time because there is science now to show that. When you change your posture, it does change your mood and mind. Great TED Talk by this woman, Amy Cuddy, uh, of Harvard Business School. And it actually raises, it changes your brain chemistry. It raises your testosterone level and lowers your cortisol level. So it's, uh, it's really a remarkable, tiny little life hack, as they say, but it makes a huge difference. But
1: so how would you suggest that people, like this is one of these things where multiple times during the day, you have to remember to do it like the challenge is almost remembering to do it so did what what kind of strategies did you use to just remind yourself to stand up straight
2: well i actually there is an app or a gadget and that it, it will send you a little vibrating buzz to remind you to stand up straight i actually didn't find that all that useful yeah. i i more just had to uh, Maybe tie it to things that are in your life. Yeah. Uh, you talk about this. Well, in your habits. Books. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, when you're brushing your teeth, uh, remind yourself whenever you're eating, whenever you get up from your chair. Uh, but it's it's remarkable what a little thing like that can make a difference.
1: Well, if our mother's listening, she'll she'll be nodding her head because she's always telling Elizabeth and me to, to stand <laughs> to sit up straight, yeah. right? And AJ,
0: I want to know if you still stand up straight, or was it just the
2: one week? I must confess, there is some slow. Going on, so if you see me on the street, please bust me. I would love to be busted, you as you poke. know. Yeah, I mean, public humiliation is a great incentive, as you know. You talk about this on the show, so please, I'm I'm pledging now. I will do it. And if you see me, make fun of me for not standing up straight.
1: Okay, okay. I'm sitting up straight. Henry's sitting up straight. AJ's sitting up straight. Elizabeth, are you sitting up straight? I'm sitting up straight. <laughs> okay,
0: so I swear. This
1: okay. Give us another one. Give it. That's a good one.
2: All right. This one is, I found this incredibly useful in my life, which is to carve out 15 minutes a day to brainstorm, to come up with ideas that are really practical, like uh, for your job, or it could just be spitballing about anything. It could be you take a a topic like snowmen and you think, okay, what could I do with Ah. that? I could do snow women. I could do Instead of a pipe, I could have him uh, using an e-cigarette. And and the idea is that it's like an exercise for your brain. It's like squats Ah. for your brain. And that when you are in a situation where you need to be creative, Ah. then it is going to be helpful. So when you have a flat tire, then you'll be able to come up with more solutions. And I find it important because... We are so distracted of course yeah. with our Netflix and our iPhone. <laughs> and so this is and our
1: app that's reminding us to set up, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh,
2: so the idea is to really just make an appointment with your creativity. Sometimes ideas come to me in the shower yeah. or when I'm walking, but sometimes I really have to make a uh, concerted effort to say, okay, for these 15 minutes, I'm going to come up with ideas. And I find it incredibly important because ideas nowadays are more important than ever in the yeah. information economy. And uh, it's all about generating your own ideas. So
1: do you, do you sort of give yourself an assignment then? Like, will you often say like, well, I need to... Do you That's you just... right. Half the yeah. time,
2: it's a very specific assignment. What's my next book? Yeah, And I've come up with... a Many, uh, if not most of my articles that way, you know, I was thinking, all right, here, uh, 10 years ago, outsourcing was just starting. So I came up with like 10 ideas and nine of them are terrible. That's the thing. Ninety nine percent of your ideas are going to be terrible. But one of the ideas kind of stuck with me, which was what if I outsourced my life
0: what if i hired a team of people in bangalore to do everything
2: for me so they did they answered my phone for me they answered my emails they argued with my oh wife oh my god it was uh, it was a great it was a great couple of months and that came about because i i took time out of my day and i specifically carved out that time
0: so aj do you always brainstorm by yourself or do you do it with other people as well
2: well that's a great question i do think there's room for both I'm actually, I am a fan of group brainstorming to get things started, and then you can go and do some brainstorming by yourself. But I I do think that collaboration and bouncing ideas off each other is is very helpful. And if you read these books on creativity and the history of creativity, a lot of the great ideas came about uh, in these European coffee houses <laughs> in the Enlightenment. And that was, uh, so yeah, Starbucks uh, is... It's got a it's got a great precedent.
1: Elizabeth, can you imagine yourself doing that with Sarah? Your, uh, Sarah is Elizabeth's writing partner. Can you imagine the two of you sitting down and kind of doing open ended brainstorming like that?
0: Yeah, it's interesting because we'll do that just about say a TV show idea, but I think we should implement doing it about things that aren't related to TV. I mean, because I love that like the snowman thing you said. I love the idea of just sort of exercising our brains so that when we need to think of something specific, where we can so. She'll be here uh, at work in a couple of hours, and I'll suggest that.
2: I want to hear about yeah, what snowmen you came up with. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm waiting for the big breakthrough in <laughs> yeah. snowman and, technology. And,
0: yeah. <gasps> yeah, it's, it's covered in California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Okay, what's another one? These are great.
2: Another one is the idea of radical honesty. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. This one was, I. Um, there's a movement called Radical Honesty, and it was started by a psychologist, in virginia who believes that we should never lie but he goes further than that he says whatever's on your brain should come out of your mouth wow. no filter wow. Wow. so this was the worst literally the worst <laughs> month of my life you did it for a whole month i did it for a month oh, wow. and it was just wow. dreadful i'll give you one example we were in a, a restaurant my wife and i with our kids and she, my wife ran into these friends of hers from college that she hadn't seen, and they said, oh, we should all get together and have a plate. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I had to say what was on my brain, which was, you seem like nice people, but <laughs> I just, I have no interest in seeing you again, because I barely have time for my real friend, you know? and that was horrible. Did they say any, what did they say? They looked shocked. Uh, they, I felt terrible. My wife was furious. I mean, We never did see them again, so it was effective in that sense, but I don't recommend that. So I actually don't recommend radical honesty as an experiment, but I do recommend what I call sustainable radical honesty or, or positive radical honesty, because it's not just being brutally mean. It's also... When you appreciate someone Ah. saying it Ah. and really being out there with the positivity as well. Like I had, um, I was during this month, I was just thinking back to my mentor, one of my first editors at a small newspaper. So I I called him up Ah. out of the blue, hadn't spoken to him in 15 Ah. years. And I said, you know, I just want to thank you for all that you taught me. Ah. And it was odd. It was odd because he's a man and I'm a man and we're not supposed (laughs) to be so emotionally available. (laughs) But uh, Hmm. I think he appreciated, I certainly felt much better that I had expressed this. So that's what I recommend, being really radically, positively honest. And when someone does something nice for you, really just saying how it makes you feel, calling up people you haven't talked to in five years and thanking them. It's a lot about gratitude, which you talk about in your books.
1: So it's having a filter, but like only certain very specific things make it through the filter. That's true. Yes. Less
2: of a filter. And and also the idea of not lying was very um, that was very liberating because I couldn't believe how much energy I spent remembering my lies. But lie when you screw up, just being able to say right up front, I screwed up, I did this totally wrong and not trying to come up with some elaborate excuse. Uh uh, That is very liberating.
1: And did that stick with you?
2: That does stick with me. I'm sure. Yeah, I screw up all the time, and uh, and now you're more frank with it. I'm not and so, do you think
0: it. it improved your marriage? Your your in the long run, your new your new honesty.
2: I think in the long run, yes. During the experiment, <laughs> absolutely not. It was. You Know it's the classic conundrum. Your wife yeah. says, Do I look fat in this dress? That yes. well, was the Radical. first thing that popped into yeah. my mind.
1: But wasn't there also something like she or some member of her family gave you a gift certificate and they're like, Oh, do you enjoy your gift certificate? And you're like, No, actually, it feels like you're giving me an, assi- an errand assignment. Or that's be- so
2: I can't believe
1: you remember oh, that. Oh, because that's though. exactly how I feel about gift certificates. When I read that, I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel such a sense of relief. Yeah, this is terrible. And this was
2: <laughs> this was before. Uh, This is like 10 years ago. So this was before Amazon and all that. So you actually had to go to the store store. and pick it out. It was exhausting. Yeah, I don't (laughs) want to get certificate. (laughs) You're putting it on me. (laughs) You do the work. Right,
1: but I remember. I think I think that was like another thing where like it did not fly well. No, and she was.
2: If, that was my stepmom mom, oh. or my no, my wife's uh, step mom, and yeah, she was taken aback. But again, <laughs> effective. I never got another <laughs> uh, another gift certificate as a present.
1: Okay, how? Well, these are so great. Come on, another one, another one.
2: Uh, this one is is
1: one from my book about health. This is my personal favorite. I have to say, Drop Dead Healthy is fascinating and full of cool well ideas to try. Well, you were a, a, an advisor
2: on it. You were <laughs> you were a big part of it. This one is uh it's just a simple trick which is eat out of the fridge, not out of the pantry. Mm. Go to the refrigerator. That's the key. And the the reason is, and I forget where I got this. It might have been Michael Pollan, it might have been someone else, but I found it an incredibly helpful tip because Good food, real food, it gets rotten. Uh. Good food gets rotten. You need to store it in the fridge. The stuff in the pantry is <laughs> yeah. highly processed. It's going to be around <laughs> until <years>. the rapture. <laughs> like the And uh, so if you want to eat healthy, it's just a simple way, instead of trying to remember all of these rules, just... Uh. Go to the fridge, eat an apple, eat whatever's in the fridge. Try to stay away from the pantry because that's where the evil lies.
0: Yeah, I find after like 7 p.m. I only eat out of the pantry and it is the death zone. It's like it, it it's the worst thing in the world. And my pantry happens to be right next to the sofa where I watch oh, TV.
2: That is a problem. <sighs> That's tough. And you and late night really is, yeah. because I think you've talked about this as well, that our, we only have a certain amount of willpower and by the night it's just gone. And that is the danger.
1: And we can't let you go without talking about your treadmill desk because the best one of the best gifts I've ever given in my life was when I gave Elizabeth her treadmill desk. But before I'd made such a bold move and I did ask her permission, but before I suggested it, I wanted to test one out because I wasn't... I mean, I'd heard all this stuff. I'd read what you would written about the treadmill desk, but I really wanted to see it for myself. And you very nicely allowed me to come over to your apartment one day and try out your treadmill desk. I love that. And so what do you have to say about the treadmill desk? And then we can hear about Elizabeth. Well...
2: Like Elizabeth, I'm a huge fan. And I got a treadmill maybe 5 years ago. I actually did it during my book about health. Yeah. I was going to run I on read it. About it. I yeah. started to run on it, but I live in an apartment building, so there were all these complaints from the people below, <laughs> about, <laughs> from the pounding. Oh, yeah, the pound. They said that their paintings were going up and down. <laughs> oh so, God. I couldn't run on it. I thought, "All right, let me try to walk." And I I had read some of these studies that walking while writing is good for your health, uh, and sitting is the new smoking, there's that whole phrase. So I thought, okay, let me try this. And I loved it, and I still do it to this day. And I don't do it fast. I walk very slowly. How slowly? What do you walk? Oh, I'm like at one and a half miles an hour. Sometimes I'll go up to three. I try to vary it, but usually very slowly. And I think Elizabeth has talked about this. The weird thing is you would think you would get tired. It actually gives you energy. It boosts your energy. More than sitting. More than sitting. When I'm sitting at a desk uh, typing, I just have the urge to take a nap on my keyboard. (laughs) But uh, if I'm on the treadmill desk, I can't do that. If I fall asleep, I'm going to get hurt. I'm going (laughs) to break my collarbone.
0: Yeah. and, And what I love about it is that at the end of the day... If you've walked three or five, you know, especially if it's like five or six miles, you feel like you've accomplished this whole other thing besides working. It's like it kind of doubles your day.
2: That, that's right. If I have not written anything good, right. at least <laughs> I've walked 10,000 yeah, right, steps. It's right.
0: sometimes the best
2: thing in my day. Uh, and and the other uh, I know that it's not practical for everyone to have a treadmill desk, but I think there are ways you can incorporate getting up every 20 minutes from your desk. Or this one I love is holding walking meetings instead of Uh, having a meeting in a conference room or at a restaurant, go for a walk in the park. Uh, I find that. Uh, very helpful.
1: I've seen research that if you have standing meetings, where instead of sitting, people have to stand, they're like demonstrably shorter, and they get just as much done. But like people just don't like to stand around. So yeah, that's if good. If you can't, if you can't take ten people for a maybe
2: walk. they should take that further and just make it incredibly uncomfortable, yeah. like crank yeah. it up to yeah. 150 <laughs> degrees. Yes. Have something really unpleasant smelling and just get the people out of there as fast as possible.
0: Yeah, well, and part of it is so much of my job is getting criticism. And I have, you know, (laughs) often have these phone calls where I get notes and it's like, we don't like this. We don't like that. We don't like the other thing. And if you're walking to, you know, like two miles an hour while you're getting these notes, it just it keeps me much more even, and I find that I don't get nearly as, you know, the defensive about getting notes when I'm walking. So, um, and the executives, even though they can hear the treadmill, no one has complained about it. So um, everyone's yeah, it's a it's also a good conversation piece. By the way. <laughs> right. It's like everyone wants to talk about it. Everyone wants to try it. Everyone thinks it's crazy that, you know, to write while you're walking. But then, you know, they see it working. And then, of course, everybody wants one.
2: And there's a great book uh, called Spark by John Ratey, ah. who's a Harvard psychology professor. And he talks about the importance of exercise for your brain. Uh, right. And sure. uh, yeah. uh, we all know it, but he really brings it home uh, about and walking. Raises your serotonin level, which make it, helps you with attention and uh, and not getting angry, like Elizabeth said. So I recommend that book. It, it will change because I always thought, okay, you know, if you if you when I was growing up, it's like there's the dumb jocks and then there's the the smart nerds, and the nerds don't move. Uh, but sadly, it's more like the smart jocks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, so before we let you return to your treadmill desk and everything you're supposed to be getting done <laughs> today, um, to t- talk about what you're working on now, this great project you have that you're building out. Well, just briefly,
2: I got an email two years ago from a man and he said, you don't know me, but I'm your 12th cousin. Ah, then. And I thought, okay, he's gonna ask me to wire ten thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. to Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it turns out he's one of these people, uh, researchers, scientists who are building the biggest family tree ever. Yeah. And it's not a tree, it's like an Amazonian forest. Literally it's up to two hundred 40 million people oh my gosh. all on the same family tree, all related. I'm on it. Barack Obama's on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Lady Gaga's on it. You're on it. So I love this idea of one big family. Uh, it's scientifically interesting, but it's also my hope is that we'll actually treat each other with just a little, little more kindness when we realize that this cliche of one big family is true. So that's what I'm working on. I'm, I'm writing a book about the attempt to connect all 7 billion people into one family tree.
1: Wow. Well, that's excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming. It was so fun to get a chance to talk to you. I loved it. Thank you. If you want to learn more about AJ and all his fantastic books and everything he's up to, you can check him out at ajjacobs.com, and I'll link to that for my site as well.
0: Time for demerits and gold
1: stars. I'm up first for demerits. um, And Elizabeth, I really want to hear what you think about my demerit. Um, Mm, I'm intrigued. This is a judgment call, parent judgment call. So um, I allow my 10-year-old daughter, Eleanor, to watch Friends, Hmm. which, you know, nowadays, that means you can just watch them like one after another after another. And uh, we did the same thing with The Office, American version, and Parks and Recreation. But the thing I, I don't worry about letting her watch too much because we actually control how much she watches, but I, Mm -hmm. I worry about the appropriateness. Ah, uh, you know, Eleanor, um, she's 10.
0: Yeah. She has developed probably a more sophisticated sense of humor, um, than she otherwise would have. Is is that a good thing Uh, or a bad thing? I mean, I don't have a problem with this scratch. Uh, you know, when we grew up, our I feel like our parents let us, well, they definitely let us read anything we wanted to read. We had absolutely no restrictions. And that was an explicit rule. Yes. And I can, I'm thinking back to, I called, um, I remember calling mom from my friend Tiffany's house and asking permission. This is what, a I guess, good kid I was, asking permission to watch my first R-rated movie, which was Stripes uh, with Bill Murray. And she said, yes, you know, I think that would be all right. Uh-uh. Um, and I so I watched Stripes, which is pretty raunchy. But, you know, I, I lived. I mean, I just think it's like it's kid to kid. If she's able to handle the content, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And there's it's a these are great shows. Yeah,
1: no, it really does hold up. Uh, it does really hold up later. Um, and I guess part of it is like something she just doesn't understand to go right over her head. Um. But you know a good a good part of it she understands. Okay, well I feel better because I was thinking like is this mommy malpractice that I'm right. letting my my ten year old watch like five episodes of Friends? Um, but if you're okay with it, that makes me feel a lot better. Um, and it does really hold up. So let's have a, let's have a quick clip from Friends. Um, this is when Monica, if for people who, you know, it's a bunch of friends. Monica and Rachel are betting Chandler and Joey that they can win a trivia game. Um, that's all questions about how well they know each other. And it's a hilarious scene. You have
0: 30 seconds. <laughs> the lightning round begins. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Now, what was Monica's nickname when she was a field hockey goalie? Big fat goalie. Correct. <laughs> Rachel claims this is her favorite movie. Dangerous Liaisons. Correct. Her actual favorite movie is... Weekend at Bernie's. Correct. <laughs> In what part of her body did Monica get a pencil stuck at age 14? Oh. You know. <laughs> her ear! Monica categorizes her towels. How many categories are there? Okay. Everyday use. Fancy. Guest. Fancy guest. Two seconds. Oh, Eleven! Eleven. Unbelievable. Eleven is correct. Yes! <laughs> okay, gold star. Gold star. My gold star this week goes to rain. Uh, The stuff that comes out of the sky. (laughs) Uh, uh, Gretchen, I'm sure you've heard that in California, we have a major drought going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And recently, we had a day of rain. And it was just the greatest thing ever. Uh, Of course, it happened to be on the one day of the year that I was having a pool party. Uh, You know, normally if it was raining during my pool party, I'd be running around like a chicken with my head cut off, like yelling at Adam (laughs) because, of course, the rain would be his fault. And I would be sure the whole day was ruined. But we were so in need of rain that I was just happy. And it was that great rain where it's coming down really hard. And it was light, there was lightning, there was thunder. Uh, and it went on for hours, so it actually turned into a really cozy day of having people over and watching the rain. Um, and it was great for LA. Now, what about Jack? I mean,
1: he's he's five, and he probably hasn't seen it rain like that very many times in his life. What did he What did he think of it?
0: No, he loved it. But yeah, he's seen very few rainstorms. I mean, in, I remember we were in Kansas City, and he it was raining, and he said a light just went on in the sky and then it went off and it was lightning. He'd never seen lightning before. Wow! Uh, So yeah, so he enjoyed it a lot. um, And, you know, of course we needed it so badly. So I'm, I'm hoping this, I'm putting this gold star out to the universe in the hopes that we get more days of rain, which we so desperately need. Excellent. Excellent. And that's
1: it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. AJ gave us a lot of ideas about sitting up straight, brainstorming for 15 minutes, eating out of the refrigerator instead of the pantry, radical honesty, which he sort of said, you've got to do it kind of halfway, not all the way. And of course, not everybody's in a position to use a treadmill desk the way Elizabeth, you, and AJ do. But... Um, It's an intriguing idea. And if you can't have a treadmill desk, maybe you can have a walking meeting, or at least a very unpleasant meeting (laughs) to keep things short.
0: Well, thank you as always to our producer, Henry Malofsky. Also, thank you to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer from Panoply. Um, And if you'd like to sign
1: up for my free monthly newsletter where I give highlights from my blog, my Facebook page, and this podcast, just text me 66866. And in the message box, enter the word happier. You'll get a text back that asks you to enter your email address, type that in, and you'll get a confirmation and you'll be signed up.
0: Until next week,
1: I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. This podcast is part of the Panoply
2: Network. Check out our entire roster of podcasts at iTunes.com Panoply.